All right, well, let's do a little late-night Blue Jays talk on Sportsnet 590. The fan, it is Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. Blue Jays losing 3 nothing to the New York Yankees. The team split the series, split the four-game series, I should say. The Jays now come home to face the Oakland Athletics tomorrow, the first of three games. The number's to call, 416-870-0590. Star 591 Lots of talking points. Kevin Gossman, that's what we should expect from Kevin Gossman. Secondly, the lineup, the first game without Teoscar Hernandez. What did you make of it? And we'll talk, Kevin Barker, we'll, we'll, we'll get it going. We'll talk about how that, that ninth inning unraveled for the Blue Jays. It looked like it was going to unravel for... Araldus Chapman, who couldn't get anybody out, walks the bases loaded. George Springer comes up, gets called on a, on a, a, gets called out on strikes on a pitch that Pat Holberg had been giving all night. It was it was a really good pitch. I mean, your choice basically is to take a swing at it and probably have nothing happen, or let it go and hope the umpire sees it your way. And then Bo Bichette, uh, kind of a a, a weak pop up to second baseman Matt Chapman I don't know where he was going but Matt Chapman's about halfway from first base to second he gets picked off to end the uh end the game and I won't even mention the fact that Vladdy Jr. was uh on deck when that happened <laughs> you don't you don't want to say that but you did say it that's, that's funny how that yeah. happens, eh? <laughs> but yeah, well, again, it's yeah, Roldis Chapman flipping three-one uh, sliders to Kevin Bishio. Look, I understand maybe you don't have the feel for a fastball, but it's Kevin Bishio. You got three hundred and seven saves. I that that'll make you scratch your head a little bit. And and then the Matt Chapman base running. Look, you got to have field awareness. You got to know what the scoreboard's telling you that it's it's base to base. Where are you going? Like there's there's two guys in front of you, and who's standing on the on deck? circle who's due today you got to think you take your chances of, of your best hitter not going to punch out five times give an opportunity to come to the plate and you know again this is just the american league east this will tell you how hard it is to take series on the road in the american league east a lot of things got to go right i mean you had some really good starting pitching but your defense was a little spotty and your offense didn't show up and that's that's sort of you know if you're gonna if you're gonna go into Yankee Stadium and take three out of four, I think you got to play better on all all parts of the game, and they just didn't do it tonight. As I mentioned, Teoscar Hernandez has gone gone on the IL. Uh, the the Jays are saying that the oblique injury isn't as serious as they originally thought. That meant that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. moved up into the cleanup spot. Raimel Tapia. Sorry, Rymel Tapia hit fifth. Cavin uh, Biggio drew into the lineup at second. Santiago Espinal started at third base. Matt Chapman, who's scuffling, was given the night off, at least until uh, until he made that pinch hit appearance in the ninth inning. Now, Kevin Vladdy Jr. was the story. He was the talk of baseball last night. Tonight he takes the golden sombrero 0 for 4, uh, 4Ks obviously. And as we mentioned, he was hitting third. He was on deck when that game ended. I know that you said today when we were talking about what the lineup might look like without Teoscar, that given the type of game Vladdy had just had, given the fact that Vladdy has been very clear that he prefers hitting third, you're basically going to leave the top three of that order intact and then fill in, fill in around the, uh, 
filling around the bottom. Uh, I, I, I'm not surprised that Charlie played it that way. I wouldn't think that we'll see him vary from that tomorrow. I would be willing to bet it would be almost the same lineup, uh, you know, with the exception perhaps of Matt Chapman starting. And uh, this is this is what this team is going to have to do as long as Teoscar's out. Yeah, I think so. Dan O'Dell, we had Dan O'Dell on our show today, and, and he said, you know, it would be a panic move. If you start moving other guys, that would sort of send the message that, you know, basically we trust three guys on this team. We don't trust everybody else to, to pick up the slack when one of your big boys is, is on the shelf. Yeah, I don't see him moving one, two, and three. Now four, five, and on you might see some changes. You know, Lourdes, for me, looks out and around all of a sudden. Like, he doesn't look anything like he looked in spring training, which was short and quick to the baseball. It's sort of what we've seen at him as a big leaguer. You know, beginning of the season, he's a slow starter. For whatever reason, he just has a real tough time getting in the groove. It's it's He, he looks like he's not seeing the ball very well. Now, again, he's facing some nasty stuff. Like, you see, just like the, the, the Michael King at bat with, with George Springer, the, right there he sees two power sinkers three or four inches off the plate and then painted on the black away at 96 miles an hour like to to say that the yankees bullpen's making some unbelievable pitches when they have to is is an understatement but yeah it's you know again it's will charlie move the top three i don't know i you know i don't know if you have i don't think he has enough guts right now this early in the season to make a move like that but Again, it's it's you know it's one of those bats. It happened a couple of times tonight where the biggest parts of the game it was bow up instead of Blatty. Yeah, and here's the thing: if you can make the case mathematically, and you can, that hitting second gives you more plate appearances. Given where this team is right now, without Danny Jansen and without Teoscar Hernandez, I, I I think if you're the Blue Jays, you've got to at least have that conversation on the flight tonight. You know, uh, on the charter home. You've got to at least have that talk. I'm with you. I don't think we'll see it tomorrow uh, against the Oakland Athletics, but um, it, it has to be a topic. It has to be a topic of conversation. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. We'll get to your calls in a minute, I promise. The player of the game is presented by Bet365. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19 plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. Now you look at these two teams, and you look at the names, you look at the pitchers, you look at everything, and you go, how the hell was Jose Trevino player of the game? Well, in the bottom of the fifth, he helped give the Yankees a 2-0 lead. 0-2, off the fist. Into left center field, fading in for a base hit. That will allow Kiner Falefa to come across and score the game's second run. And Jose Trevino, much like he did in his first at bat, just hits it long enough, but yet short enough to avoid Blue Jay defenders. And it's 2-0 New York, courtesy of Jose Trevino. That is uh, the player of the game, bet 365, and... uh, Kevin, the bottom of the order, doing damage for the Yankees, at least until the until the the ninth inning, um, and yeah, it, that that was I mean that was the story of the game. Yeah, well, that's one of the rare times that Kevin Gossman actually tried to go up. He tried to elevate a baseball middle away with a two strike pitch and missed a little bit middle in, and that gave Trevino enough of a chance to at least 
barrel it up enough that he could stay through it and fight it off and get it over the shortstop's head into the outfield and score a big run there. You, you know, again, this is – it's it's very hard to 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 pick at the game that Kevin Gosman had. He he had a really good game. The bottom of the order had some some good at bats with two strikes. You know he just for whatever reason at the bottom of the order uh, may have made a pitch uh, probably that he didn't want to throw. You know so you could argue that if you got a guy at the bottom of the order. 0-2 or 1-2, why not use your best pitch? Your best pitch is what? His split finger. I mean, that thing was dominant all night. You could tell it had late movement. It was tunneling, looking exactly like his fastball was about 10 miles an hour slower than its heater. So he had good difference between those two pitches when it comes to velocity. And then it had late sync to it. So I think if he had it back, he would probably throw that pitch. But again, sometimes you got to tip your hat and say, I made a decent pitch. Guy beat me. And that's what happened. For me, it was just more of the consistency of the at-bats with the, for the Blue Jays when it mattered the most. And, you know, you get some some opportunities on the road, Jeff, with, with some some teams that have really good pitching. You know, Severino was really, really good. He he was feeling frisky. You know, the changeup was good. It had late life to it, some late sink to it, and the late giddy-up on the heater. You know, he was topping out at 99 like that. And he was locating that down on the way to right-handed hitters. And this is why we're screaming about, you know, they need a really good left-handed hitter to try and get a guy like him out of a groove. But it is what it is. I, you know, sometimes you just, whenever you get your chances against these guys, you got you got you to gotta collect and for whatever reason, the Jays didn't do that. Well, as we mentioned, this is uh, the lineup put together after the injury to Danny Jansen and Teoscar Hernandez, and we're probably going to see more lineups like this. We're going to see more Rymel Tapia. We're going to see more Bradley Zimmer. I mean, that's just where we are right now. Alejandro Kirk is going to have to is going to have to handle the bulk of the catching. I thought Alejandro Kirk had a really nice night tonight at the plate. He had a really good night behind home plate. Not what. You know, first of all, I love the way Kevin Gossman started mixing, mixing his slider in the second time through. But I also like the fact, and I understand, look, Pat Holberg's a pretty good umpire. He's consistent. He was given the wide side. He was given the edges in this game. And I thought Alejandro Kirk and, and, and Kevin Gossman, I thought they handled that well. They, frankly, they handled his strike zone better than the Blue Jays hitters did. Yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, I, I think he's a lot quieter behind the plate. If you know the stats, there's not a, a lot of wasted movement. He he gives the sign. He gives the target. He spreads out. He wants the ball. He was even directing traffic a couple of times there. You could see mm-hmm. him actually pointing out front where he wanted the split finger to end up, which would tell you, right, he's, he's in tune with his, his, with his pitcher. He's, he's confident in the game plan that he, you know, planned out before the game had started. Look, uh, the more he hits, the more confidence he's going to have behind the plate. He's a hitter-first guy. And when you're a hitter-first guy and you start hitting and you start doing the things offensively that you're supposed to do, your defense will get better because you're not thinking about getting hits anymore. And, again, you know, I've talked to Petey. I've talked to the pitchers. They like throwing to Alejandro Kirk. And I'll say this, Kevin Gosman's not the hardest guy to catch. He is a two-pitch guy, and, you know, it's very hard to tell the difference between his changeup and his splitty. He did throw some changeups. I think his changeup's a little straighter. It's more of he's trying to change and take the sting out of a bat. He's not trying to get that to move any. It's going to be certain counts, like early in the count, to get ahead of a left-handed hitter, that kind of thing, and then put somebody away. But, yeah, tonight was a a step forward for Alejandro Kirk behind the plate. Shlomo and Scarborough, I get the impression you were not overly thrilled with what you've seen so far from Tapia, Zimmer. God, it's really early. I think we got to give these guys a break. But Tapia, Zimmer, 
and uh, and Biggio. You you would like to see the Jays go down into the into the minor league system already? Yeah. Well, look, we could say it's early, but what did we learn last year? A win this time of year is worth just as much as September. This was our best good first good start from a non Manoa starter, and we're dealing with these guys: Biggio, Zimmer, and Tapia. I don't think Biggio's in the majors right now if his dad isn't who he is. I don't mean that at any disrespect. He just he's got to go back to the minors. He's got to get confident. He doesn't look like a big leaguer at, at the plate. We saw some promise from Luke's during spring training. We have Warmith who we haven't seen up yet. We 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 should be taking a look at Palacios. Like we're, we're wasting time. We know well, it's Palacios was DFA'd. I don't know. Uh, he hasn't I don't been claimed know what his, yet. His status is right now. Um, yeah. You know, look, with, I, I mean, I'll say this. They went out and traded for Tapia. They went out and traded for Zimmer. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, it, trust me. Trust me. You, Bradley Zimmer is your best option in center field. If you're going to have to play Springer in right field, you do not want to see Josh Palacios in center or Rymel Tapia in center. Just trust me on that. Um, and, and Tapia gives them we, – we've talked about this. He, he gives them something he, – he, he profiles and gives them something they haven't had. And you know, with all due respect to Logan Warmoth, uh, Josh, but I mean, they they don't they don't do it for me. Um, gotcha. You know, uh, we already talked about Gab Gabriel Moreno. Well, he's he's going to be down there for a while. I think it'd be I think it'd be foolish to bring him up right now. Um, this is kind of this is kind of where we are. And you know, Shlomo, I, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what the other options are. I think the fact that. Kevin and I talked about this in Blair and Barker today. When you go out and trade for these guys, you're going to use them. You're not going to trade for these guys, and then the first time you need them, say, ah, three games, not looking good, we're going to go down and do something else. I will say, though, I will say that concern about Kevin Biggio Shlomo is dead on. Kevin, I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, I I think what it is is when you have some guys that you really count on go down, you have to have a surprise. And, and who do yeah. you think out of those three guys is going to be a surprise? I'm with you about Kevin Biggio. Like with the way uh, Santiago Espinal is playing, you, you know, with all things equal, Kevin Biggio is probably not going to play a whole lot. And and I know, I know the at-bats got a little bit better tonight. He is a you – know, he just looks to me like he is trying to walk first. And I'm just not sure if that's going to keep you around mm-hmm. the big leagues very long. Like you got you to gotta be able to go up and occasionally get that foot down and drive down and through a baseball and hammer something to left center field. And, you know, I don't just don't know if right now if Kevin Biggio is consistently able to do that. And – Again, somebody's going to have to step up. It's not always going to be – you're not always going to come on here and go, it's Springer did it, it's Bo did it, it's Vladdy did it, it's Lourdes doing it. Somebody at the bottom of this order is going to have to get a big hit. Yeah, that's that's right. And, uh, you know, if, keep in mind that, you know, I still think the biggest issue in this team, Shlomo, is the catching, is the catching situation. I like yeah. – again, I liked what I saw from Alejandro Kirk tonight, and I think – it's pretty obvious that even though he's only had like 51 starts behind the plate or something like that, everybody in the organization seems to credit him with really having turned the corner as as a defensive catcher. And you know, we talked about it. I thought he did a terrific job tonight. Uh, I did he too. Is, he, he gives you a good target. 
Um, you know, like the dude, the dude helped Robbie Ray win a Cy Young award. I mean, it, it, maybe we just w- got to accept it. Well, it will be interesting too to see how he handles like a Ryu and a Kikuchi. Oh, yeah. That they, the, well, they need to think their way through games. Like they have multiple pitches trying to set guys up. They're, you know, they're throwing this pitch to get you out with this pitch. You know, Kevin Gosman's not like that. You set up outer third, he attacks the zone. He's going to do it with two pitches. Like it's, you know, and he'll sprinkle in that slider and that changeup. So he's not the hardest guy to catch, but he was really good on the low ball tonight. And that's what they're trying to do. And they're going to give him every opportunity, Jeff, because they really don't have anybody else. The Blue Jays losing 3 nothing to the New York Yankees in the Bronx. They split the four-game series. The Jays fly home tonight. They'll take on the Oakland Athletics for the first of three games tomorrow at the Rogers Center. This is Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. And now the Bet365 standings update. Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book with 63 million members worldwide, 19 plus. Play responsibly, Ontario only. And with their win tonight, the uh, Yankees, Jays, are tied atop them. My my standings board just skipped out on me here. Um, Are tied atop the American League East. The Jays open a three-game series against the Oakland Athletics tomorrow at the Rogers Center. First pitch will be 7-0-5. And let me give you those standings again just to get it right. Yankees, Tampa Bay, Toronto, they're 4-3. Boston's 3-3. Baltimore is at one and five. Oof. As uh, what? What's the oof? I mean, that looks pretty much like we expected with that division. Four, three, you know, uh, four wins, three losses for the Yankees in Tampa and Toronto. And then uh, Boston at three and three. I mean, this is, I mean, this is what the division is going to be like. This is basically what the division is going to be like for uh, the rest of of the year. The Yankees play Baltimore. Tampa plays the Chicago White Sox starting this weekend. Boston's got the Minnesota Twins. So, um, as we've said all along, this is an important early season stretch for the Blue Jays. 20 of 23 games against the Yankees, the Astros, or the Boston Red Sox. Now, Billy and Markham, you... Please, you can't. You got to be a little optimistic. You can't be down on Kevin Gossman after what you saw tonight. Listen, guys. Yeah, uh, it, it goes back to what we said when you first came on the air to start the season, and I was kind of saying the things that I I didn't like about this team. I mean, it, it's still early, guys. Uh, um, everything I think I said at the beginning is exactly what's what's playing up to now. When this team hits, it looks like the 1927 Yankees. When it doesn't hit. It's uh, it's a team that just really, really scares you. I mean, to play by Chapman, I mean, my God, that just cannot happen in the big leagues. And uh, Lord Scurriel in, in left field, I mean, even the, the, the ball that fell in, I thought he should have made the play on that. I don't know why he let it bounce uh, like about a foot in front of him. This team is very bad defensively. Well, that's, and, Billy, with it, all it, due it, respect, that's just not true. <laughs> 
That's just not true. They're not very bad defensively. There's nothing that we've seen early in the season that suggests they're bad defensively. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about catching the ball. There's, there's mistakes that are made out there that are, are just dumb mental mistakes from this team. It's very from Lourdes Gurriel missing, missing. I think three cutoff man that's never brought up. That's true. No, I, I we mean, actually we talked about that on the show. We talked about that on the post game show when that happened. He missed the cutoff man twice in one game, and, and earlier in the year also. No, I'm not saying you guys, Jeff. I'm talking about uh, the broadcast crew. But but listen, here's the way I see it. I thought Vladdy was a just a you know sometimes the worst thing that can happen to you was have the night that Vladdy had the night before, and that was one for the ages. Everybody talks about the three home runs. I mean, I love the base hit, the right field down the down the the, the right field though, um, down the right field line. I mean, Vladdy is. I never thought I would say this about a hitter. Could Vladdy be the next 400 hitter in baseball? I, I mean, he is that good. But by having that kind of game, I think he got a little too uh, aggressive today uh, at, at the plate. Uh, but I'll tell you this: the one thing that worries me, and I know you're going to rip me for this, but. I'm still not sold on the pitching. This New York Yankee team is one of the worst teams I have seen the Yankees have in a long time. Is every player not the same guy? They look like they should be the New York Giants and not the New York uh, Yankees. Everybody, if it's not a solo home run, this team can't beat you. The Yankees don't, don't scare me one bit. Tampa Bay looks like they've gotten off to a slow start. I'm telling you, it's, it, it's right there for this team. I wouldn't take anything into what we've done so far. I just want us to get a little smarter, uh, uh, smarter in the game, and uh, I think our offense, our offense will carry us. But um, and a, and as for Biggio, I love the comments that you guys made about Biggio. The reason why I love him is because I think I said that about two years ago and got laughed at. He he, Biggio just does not belong in the big leagues. Uh, for a guy that hit when he first came up, and you know I think he hit like 25, 28 home runs. Uh, at New Hampshire, I thought he was just a totally, totally different hitter. I want to say this to the young man. You better start swinging the bat or you're going to be out of the big leagues. It's, it's that simple. Guys, don't worry about this game. This team looks strong. Uh, I, I, I just hope that uh, – I hope the pitching holds up. I'm still, I'm still concerned about it. That's all I got, guys. Thanks. I appreciate the call, Billy. Hey, I mean, Bill. Billy's consistent. Yeah. I, I will say that. Billy's consistent. Yeah, look, I, I, I mean, I, look, I can't – I can't sit here and tell you that, as I've said, I think, you know, two-fifths of the rotation you have to be picky with. That, that to me, is a bit of a concern. I'm not saying it's that's going to be the way it is all year, but right now you got to be picky with Ryu and Kikuchi. That's just, that's whether that's, in the case of Ryu, it's, you know, father time catching up to him, or in the case of Kikuchi, it's just simply uh, the guy's a work in progress. Uh I do have, yeah, I have some concern there. I'm also beginning to wonder, Kevin, if there isn't a a real drop off between the two layers of this bullpen. I I I think there's a there's a drop off from that group that Charlie has confidence in to the rest of it. I think it's I th- I think it's pretty severe. I'm sure it's like that around the rest of baseball, except for the Yankees because I don't see it with them, man. I see I, I see you know with. Never mind what Araldus Chapman did tonight. That happens. But, man, Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone may have too many options because I think tonight he <laughs> yeah. almost he almost, he almost almost out, outthought himself taking Clay Holmes out. 
Yeah, maybe. I try, I think he's trying to get the right matchup against Tapia. You know, one guy's a little bit better against lefties than the other guy. Is, is he overthinking it? Maybe. Did it work out? Absolutely. That's the, that's the only thing that matters in New York. Did it work? And he can say it worked. You know, you could scratch your head on, you know, the guys dominating people and, and throwing ground ball after ground ball. But the old, the, the, the end of the day, it's it's all about results. Look, at you know, with the Kevin Biggio thing, again, we got to remember, too, he's had two days off. And then he's facing Severino, who's thrown a bazillion miles an hour with a Bugs Bunny changeup. Now, I'm not saying that he's, he's you know, got to put up or shut up sort of kind of thing right now. But is he going to get some consistent playing time to be able to show some people that he's a big leaguer? I'm not real sure he's going to get that. Like I, you know, when push comes to shove, is is even even with no Teoscar Hernandez, is he is he going to start for you, or is it going to be the same exact thing here where he has a couple of days off? You know, when Chapman's in the game, uh, Santiago Espinal for me is playing second base. It's not going to be Kevin Biggio. Look, when when Kevin Biggio came up here, most people thought the best case scenario for him was that he would become a multi. A, a, you know, a multi-position guy. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of people looked at him and said maybe he could be a, a Ben Zobrist kind of player. Now, he's clearly not He's clearly not Ben Zobrist. But I think Kevin Biggio is what he is. He is, a for me, he's the 24th or 25th man on your roster whose best asset is the ability to draw bases on balls. And I will bow to people in the organization who say he is he gives you some value defensively so uh, that's and, and i think that's where he is in reality I, I i think the reality of the situation is kevin he's not playing tonight if it wasn't for those injuries he is essentially a 24th 25th guy in this team right yeah now. and to your and point that's he walk, probably what he should be he, he walked two times tonight and and the and the couple of times that he swung at the ball you know the swings didn't look real good that that that's the point you, you know you got to Say, is he a bench guy? Is he capable of sitting over there a couple of days and then coming off and giving you competitive at-bats? You know, or is it the walk-first mentality? If it's the walk-first mentality, he's gonna be, it's going to be real tough for Kevin Biggio to stay in the big leagues. It just is. Like, you you got to have something other than I'm going to go up, I'm going to foul a bunch of pitches off, and hopefully I have an eight-pitch walk. Like, it's that's just not going to work because they're going to figure that out and they're going to throw you a bunch of fastballs and they're going to do it elevated. And that's been his issue, but – Again, you know, I think there's other issues right now that the Blue Jays yeah. probably need to worry about other than the 25th or 26th guy on the baseball team. Yeah, and, and you know, the idea that Kevin Biggio's on the team because because he's Craig's kid, nah, listen. Uh, the reason that this organization gives Kevin Biggio or gives Kevin a lot of rope is because he's their guy. He's a, He's a guy that they drafted and developed. He was viewed as part of this leadership core coming up he just was and this is an organization that is loyal to a lot of guys now sometimes it works out it may be working out with danny jansen sometimes it works out it's possible that sometimes it doesn't but i would just because i know in social media there was a lot of blowback to Kevin biggio as well just keep in mind i don't think anybody in this team thinks Kevin biggio is going to be an everyday player anymore no. so Essentially, when you hammer the guy, you're 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 basically hammering the 24th or 25th guy you in are. the team. You are. He, he is not for me a core player in this team. I think we just need to accept that. I think we just need to accept that. Enzo in Mississauga's got a question for you, Kevin. I want to bring Enzo on. Hey guys, nice to talk to you, uh, Mr. Barker. I just got a question. When you get to the top of the ninth, like they did, 
they draw three walks. You got nobody out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to your top of the order. Of course, you want Springer to hack away and try to get a base hit to try to you know squeeze some runs in. After he strikes out, though, uh, when you got Bolt coming to the bat, does a major league manager ever say, "Look, keep your bat on the shoulder"? You know, if you draw a walk, we we walk in a run. If you strike out, that's okay. We got two out, and we got Vlad coming up. But you know, I know obviously he's a major leaguer. Like, can you ask a major leaguer to do that? Yeah, yeah, look, I, I, I've never seen a manager go over to one of his star players and go, hey, can you take a pitch? Like, and, and Enzo, you've watched enough of, of the Blue Jays. Have you ever yeah. seen Bo not be aggressive at the plate, right? They have the – at least the main guys have a swing-first mentality. Like, it's not – they're not going True. up there to, to pass the baton to, to somebody else. Now, they'll do that if a guy's wild and they're, you know, yeah. feeling frisky and, and they're mechanically sound that day. But it's, you know, again, it's it's just this is the way the lineup is when you have very, very aggressive guys who want to do damage and they want to do it early in counts. And that's sort right. of the 2022 way because, you know, you get the bullpens and you get the secondary pitches and how hard these guys throw. They're hunting pitches and strikes early in counts. It just so happens that, you know, Bo sometimes is a little too aggressive and – you know, 99% of the time I'll take that. But, again, it's it's just, mm. you know, when you're looking at the lineup, and Enzo, you look at it, you see mm. Vladdy sitting over there, even though he punched out four times today. Would you rather have Vladdy at the plate? I would, Absolutely. I, I, yeah, so I would rather – I think I'm with Jeff. That may be a conversation when you're on the plane. You're going to walk over to Vladdy and go, hey, look, I know you feel a little rushed, uh, you know, <laughs> hitting second. But right now with the Oscar out and Danny Jansen out and we're sort of trying to piece it together here, and, you know, here's the stats. Even a couple of times today when it mattered the most with two str- two outs and a runner in scoring position, Bo's up and you're not mm-hmm. up. We'd rather have you up than Bo up. No offense to Bo because Bo's a really good player player but he's not you so maybe that's something they'll have to have a conversation about and i don't see that changing tomorrow or even probably the next day but say they lose tomorrow and say it sort of looks like it looked today then you may have to start thinking about mixing it up a little bit and and you know having a different look to it well i'm kind of curious too because i'm sorry no go ahead go ahead ahead. i was going to tell you thank you very much uh with teoscar hernandez out he was batting cleanup and Bo was hitting cleanup late last year, if I'm not mistaken. And like he slotted in there pretty well. He did a good job, did he not? Yeah, he so did. Oh, both. Why, did, why didn't they switch it around for today with Teoscar out? Well, well, you got to remember too. Now Marcus Simeon was hitting second, so so you had you know you had Springer, Simeon, Vladdy, and and Bo, and all of a sudden you got Teoscar hitting fifth. Now that's a long lineup. That's you sort of got everybody slotted into where you want them to to be in. Just right now, one of your big boys is out, and I don't think they can put Bo in the cleanup spot. So it's just not long enough. Great. Enzo, appreciate the call, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks so a much. lot, Enzo. Yeah, listen, I, I I think we're all we're on this we're on the same page here. We've talked about it. I love Bo in the cleanup spot. I just do. And if I'm Charlie, I'm I'm seriously thinking about moving Vladdy to second, Bo to clean up, maybe putting Guriel third. I, I think at some point you may see Matt Chapman in the second hole. I mean, he's 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 hit there before. But uh, you got to give some. You got to put somebody behind, behind Vladdy, or you're going to get more nights like tonight. You got to put somebody behind Vladdy. And as much as I like Lourdes Gurriel Jr., I don't think that he's going to cut it hitting cleanup. Not yet, anyhow. 
That's it for tonight. Jays, 3-0 losers to the New York Yankees. They'll be home tomorrow night for the first of three against the Oakland Athletics. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans.